Are we going to have a fight about office politics now? Yep. We've already had it. Yeah. And then we concluded we actually agree. <laughs> I still think it's bullshit. What's bullshit? Office politics. That's because you're crap at it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. On with the show. we used to work have changed drastically but how we work hasn't in this podcast we explore how we can make work work better for us we're your hosts me anna codrerado and me tiffany Philippou. in season two we'll be exploring new issues related to our working lives including resilience boundaries goals and motivation We will be telling more stories from the front lines of modern work and we have some exciting guests joining us along the way. This isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. This week's episode of Is This Working? is brought to you by Moo. Whether you're a big business or a freelance creative, Moo is the place to go to easily design and print quality business cards. And the kind folks at Moo have given us a special offer just for our listeners. To get 20% off your business cards, go to the moo.com website and use the code ISTHISWORKING when you place an order. I've had such a great reaction since our wonderful episode with Gretchen Rubin last week about the four tendencies. Uh, What have you been hearing from people? I have got people messaging me, telling me what they are. Um, I've heard from a lot of obligers who feel sad about being obliger, but I think it's okay to be an obliger. Well, it's the largest category, so you've got to lean into it. People like obligers. But if you don't know what we're talking about, do check out last week's episode and it explains everything to do with our personalities and work and I got a great response from our friend Ryan Miles who said that this episode was so enlightening and he's actually going to get his team to answer the questions so she he so he can understand his team better he also ends with I want to do it myself but I'm scared I'm an obliger <laughs> everyone's so scared of being an obliger I love that I would be re- I would have been really happy if any of my bosses would have made me do a personality quiz and then actually taken the answers and learn about who I who I am and how I work and the full tendencies one in particular as discussed is the perfect one for that what else is going on I wrote a piece about the emotional work of chasing payments as a freelancer so it was basically an opportunity for me to rant about how mentally draining it is to have to chase payment and politely tell people that working for free is not okay. Uh, which was, yeah, it was good. It was quite a good piece. It was um, a difficult piece to write in the sense that it's a topic that is very dear to my heart and something that is very frustrating, but also at the same time quite good to kind of have it out there and have people talking about this issue. 
Were people very much in agreement? I imagine so. Yeah, people were like, yes, this is this is me. This is me as well. And this is my reality. I think in all situations, asking for money is just really icky. Exactly. I mean, that's icky such a good way of putting it because um, I may have said this in the past, but I don't actually, I kind of like doing admin. I don't mind doing the business side of my freelancing but when you're trying to compose an email asking for money that you're owed it just feels really gross I mean even when you have to ask your your mate for 20 quid from the like a dinner or whatever it might be there's always that it just always feels a bit weird yeah um and it's just even I just find it even more I find it so stressful chasing money for for overdue payments and you also had your freelancer away day Yes, which you came to. I came to, I sat next to you. Um, that was a teacher's pet, by the way. <laughs> I know, I've, I'm no longer the cool gal I used to be. But it was great. I really enjoyed how you, I don't want to ruin your secret sauce, but um, how you and Harriet Minter got us to think about doing what we love and why we're good at it and connecting those two things. And we did loads of other really quite emotional and vulnerable things. And I feel ready for 2020 now. Yeah, 2020 vision, that's what we've all got now. <laughs> but before 2020 we have Christmas yes the most exciting and wonderful time of the year <laughs> and we are asking you for our special Christmas special to call in and leave a message with your Christmas party stories or Christmas festive funnies yep yep so um obviously we don't get office Christmas parties anymore because we work for ourselves so we're going to do a Christmas special on the podcast in a couple of weeks and we really want to hear from our wonderful listeners um, to get their contributions for that episode. Um, So we have managed to get a little phone line where you can call up and you can leave a voicemail. The number is 0203-289-9403. So just call up the number. We're going to link to it. We're going to put the number in the show notes and just call up and leave a message with any story about a Christmas party gone wrong or an embarrassing story at the office Christmas party or anything else that's kind of office Christmas related and will make us giggle. Great. Can't wait to hear your messages. Should we get on with today's topic? Yes. On with the show. Today we are talking about office politics. Dum dum dum. I don't think me and you are going to agree. For once. <laughs> for once. Yeah, because I hate office politics with a passion. I kind of love it. I, you know what? I actually remember when we were much younger and we both worked in real jobs and we would g-chat each other and I remember you saying how there's all this drama going on in the office and you just loved it you just loved it and you were this kind of like you really enjoyed kind of getting into the office politics that makes you sound awful <laughs> let's start with defining office politics and then we're going to delve into that because I feel like you are dragging my name through the dirt here, which is politics between me and you, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that is true. That is true. The, the office politics of is this working? <laughs> Let's, should we start with the dictionary definition? Go on then. Um, the activities, attitudes or behaviours that are used to keep, that are used to get or keep power or an advantage within a business or company. So that means it's all about influence and power to get stuff done and kind of those people relations to make that happen. 
And apparently the term was born in the 1970s. See, the thing is, is that when I think about office politics and even that definition you've just given, the immediate problem I have with it is what it's essentially saying is there's a set of vague and unwritten rules that determine whether or not people get ahead. And I I find that fundamentally unfair. So that's why I kind of struggle with it. Yes, I think that's exactly right. And what's interesting about that is uh, I read an article in the Harvard Business Review that said there are four types of office politics and there's low to high, essentially. So low, not very political place through to highly political place. And the ones that were low had very clear rules about why things happen, how things happen, promotions. And the ones which were highly political didn't have those same rules. So I can completely see what you mean when you say that saying that here we go (laughs) saying that I believe that business uh, it really is about people and I think that to get anything done in any shape or form you need to engage with people and I think that is a skill that is worth mastering and I think we'll delve into that a bit more but the, the, the thing I will agree with you about though is when we were looking at office politics and doing our research I noticed how warlike the language was and it was all about like winning losing and how when you become a threat and I agree that's obviously not fostering compassionate ways of being yeah I mean if we think about why office politics even happen in the first place it is to do with the fact that in most companies there's this perfect storm of you have lots of different people with lots of differing opinions and that inevitably will create conflicts large and small and more often than not you have scarce resources so even if you are in a company that is kind of not even even if the company is doing well there are always scarce resources there's always kind of a question over how to divide up the resources and all of that kind of comes together and creates this environment where people are maneuvering things and each other to get what they want and to carve up those limited resources um and so to a large extent of course it is inevitable that there will be politics yeah and i think almost embracing that and understanding that is really important i think to sort of be like i'm above this isn't that helpful and i really enjoy so sigmund freud said that Although humans are social animals, living with others doesn't come easy. And he compared people to a group of hedgehogs during the winter and said they need to get close to each other to cope with the cold. But if they get too close, they end up stinging each other with their prickly spines. And this very much governs the dynamic of office politics. You can't go it alone, but working with others does require some discomfort. And I just think that's a perfect illustration. Yeah, I mean, that is a really vivid depiction I think of the reality of what it's like to try and navigate an office type environment or a company and that's it's that thing where you do need other people but um, at the same time I guess where the politics can sometimes become quite all-consuming is when you just kind of you feel like it doesn't take very to to use your hedgehog analysis it doesn't take very you know you don't have to actually even get that close for that person to sort of prick you with their prickly hedgehog spine yeah or probably knives and daggers in some of the places I've been yeah exactly when the hedgehog Um, gets out a knife and stabs you in the back while you're sleeping (laughs) well that's the thing right so as you said I 
enjoyed the drama um so in my defense uh <laughs> in my defense it is something i'm naturally fairly confident in with regards to reading people working people out and i find that fascinating i think that's the whole point of my own existence in many ways and so i have a lot of time for it as a thing to engage with but the thing the thing about office politics is maybe it's fun maybe it's interesting if you're good at it it's great uh you we'll talk about this later but you can use it for good I'd like to think I use mine for good and it's good until it's not good anymore so obviously it's extremely stressful so it's either stressful because you're not good at it which makes sense or it's become stressful when you start to to use their wartime language lose and that has happened to me it's all fun and games or um it's all working in your favor and you're using it well and then suddenly boom someone comes in and they see you as a threat and they are better at chess and you're out well yeah I mean that's also that's the bit that I do find I guess when I talked about office politics being unfair that's the bit that I find to be deeply unfair that this concept of even sort of winning and losing at a kind of in a workplace game type situation I just think surely if you're if you can do good work it doesn't it shouldn't matter all of this other stuff and when the politics start taking up the majority of your time and your ability to progress at work is dependent on your ability to play this game that just feels like a that that is when it really feels like a waste of time as far as I'm concerned um I have less of an issue with the fact that you know to a large extent we're always playing some kind of, you know, we're always navigating relationships, we're always navigating difficult um, interpersonal dynamics. That's fine. I get that. And that will, of course, play out in a work, in a workplace. If, if anything, probably to an even, to even, to an even larger extent in some cases, because interpersonal relationships are tricky anyway, as, as your hedgehog example shows. But when you take it into the workplace where your colleagues are kind of not just your they're not just your teammates they are also sometimes your competition all of that kind of just comes together to make a very complicated environment in which you're trying to navigate those personal relationships and when that just starts taking up all of your time and you're not actually doing any work you're just basically maneuvering around a chessboard then it just that's when I kind of have an existential crisis and think this just really is a waste of time I think for some people though that is their job so there's internal networking there is if you're a manager it's your job to manage all that for your team so I agree all the individuals can't always be thinking about all these different things but I do believe as a senior manager particularly somewhere that is fairly political or fairly chaotic or lacks those rules it is your job to support and help your team through being able to get stuff done so you you don't want your team's if something goes wrong with the if they if they need some software designed or whatever it might be you don't want them to be at the back of the queue because you as a manager aren't good at making stuff happen and you also don't want your team to look bad because you're not good at making them look good essentially or and i think what it comes down to if you're good at politics is working out motivations and making sure that you are communicating that you're fitting in alignment with them and when you put it that way doesn't sound so bad well so what you're talking about though i think is 
good management and compassionate management. And I think it is really important to unpack the relationship between politics and management and how management affects the politics. Because I've definitely worked in environments, in companies where I've had really good managers who have always had my back, who've always supported me. And actually taking a step back and looking at it or sort of looking back at looking back at it with hindsight they've also been really political and they've also been really good at playing the game but they've been able to take their team along with them as they've gone as as they've climbed up the ladder and as they've progressed and as they've been able to play the game well um but conversely i've been in organizations where there are people who just know how to play the game and that's all they're interested in and it's that it's that kind of classic sort of image of the sleazy politician as we know them in government where a, an, a manager or an employee whoever it might be just talks the talk knows what to say to get somewhere gets people on side then gets into the gets the thing they want be that kind of like an outcome they want or even a promotion or whatever it is they get it and then they just throw everyone who helped them under the bus or they don't support them or they don't bring them along um and those toxic environments they just feel incredibly tense and all that happens is the division between management and the direct direct reports or more junior members of staff just gets wider and wider and actually the unity amongst the employees is just basically a shared um dissatisfaction with leadership and that just does not create a good does not create a good environment does not create a productive environment makes people miserable I think the difference is individual responsibility versus collective responsibility. So if you're using politics for the collective good, then I think that's totally fine. But if you're doing it just to get you as an individual ahead, then you're not being a team player. And it also sounds like those sort of people you talked about that you've seen like that really lacked the substance. And so they were compensating or overcompensating by being political. But if you have the substance and it's more about my we we want to create we want to get this project through because it's um going to be really great for the company and it's really exciting and really innovative and you have different markets who you need to get budgets from or whatever it might be and you need to get it past the general managers and one general manager is caring about this type of sales in their thing and another's caring about something else and and then trying to navigate how to pull on those different levers to get this thing through that's for the good of your team and the good of the company. So I think that's okay. Yeah, no, and I, and I do agree with that. Um, I think that we would all benefit from their, from people being better managers and being more compassionate leaders and basically not being bad bosses. I think that's, that's a kind of a huge thing that, you know, a conversation around office politics also comes down, comes down to the quality of the, the management and, and who the boss is. I think, you know, the the thing is that it's just, it can be very hard to not get jaded by politics, especially, you know, considering our last episode where we did talk about the major, the four major personality types. Um, and we are both, although interestingly, we are both questioners, but of course we do have different views on this, on this office politics thing. But I think that, you know, your personality type does play a really big role in how you react to this because I am someone who a because of my questioner tendency if I don't kind of believe in the authority figure I really struggle to listen to what they're saying I'm also someone who if I perceive something to be unfair it really really rubs me the wrong way 
And so it can just result in just feeling really, really jaded, especially when, you know, if you've worked in a place, which I have done, where you see people who, A, don't have any, they don't have good management skills, nor do they have good, nor do they have actual talent or just kind of skill at their job, but they're just really good at schmoozing and they're really good at playing the game and they just continue to fail upwards. Um, More often than not, not always, but more often than not, at least in the places I've worked, those pla- those people have tended to be men. Um, and it can just be really frustrating. And often it res- it results in people either feeling disengaged or feeling possibly burnout at work or just not wanting to work, you know, leaving a company or changing a career or whatever it might be, responding to it by kind of giving up. Um, and uh, I think it just kind of, it just all kind of, results in toxic workplaces in the kind of like perpetuation of toxic workplaces so i think that's my that's kind of a really big concern that i have around the political war games political war games so i guess the question is though should you engage in office politics i think unfortunately you kind of even though i don't you know I really struggle with office politics I think the reality is that if you want to work in an office you want to work in a large in a company it doesn't even actually matter if it's large or small I think you do have to engage in the politics because um, I'm sure that it's been to my detriment in past offices where I've kind of thought that oh I'm above this or I don't want to take part in this and I don't think that that has actually benefited me in the long run Um, obviously now I work for myself things are different kind of the 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 only office dynamics we have are actually between us making that the between on this podcast um because I don't I'm not working in a large I'm not I'm just working by myself so I and I and you know as I've said many many times before I'm definitely not kind of um I don't sort of say that freelancing is something that everyone don't just quit your job and go freelance just because you're struggling in a particular job situation um but yes, I think if you are working for a company, I think you do have to find a way to engage with politics. But I think that there are ways to do it that don't leave you feeling completely as though you've sold your soul. I think that there is always politics. So with the podcast, for example, say, I'm sure this happens in your head all the time, but um, there'll be things you might not fully agree with me on, but you'll be like, I don't care as much as she cares about that. So I'll let that slide or, you know what I mean? Or like picking battles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. But I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm choosing to pick a battle, it's not because, oh, but if I, I'm, I'm going to kind of like strategically sort of bank this because I yeah. need to maneuver Tiffany at, in a meeting later because to like show her up in front of Chris because you know like so that I can get my way and buy the new microphone or whatever it might be like do you know what I mean like it's not it's not a chess game it's just in the same way that of course there's always politics in a friendship group or whatever it might be but there's no there's no strategy there's no kind of um you know although who, who knows maybe I'm wrong about this like maybe there's you know, that um people in in offices are kind of like I do think that there is a lot of strategy in, in office politics and I think that that's that is where that um is not the case in this dynamic maybe I'm wrong maybe Tiffany is strategizing against against me but who knows <laughs> <laughs> I'm manipulating you um no of course not um I guess the question I think though this actually leads me 
nicely into the next question that I keep thinking about. Obviously, we trust each other, right? So there's no, there's no issues there. But how do you know which colleagues to trust? Because I think no matter whether there's a good environment or a work bad environment, you have a lot of politics and you do need to know who you can really trust. I think that is, I mean, you know what, as we're going through this, this really feels like a therapy session for me and my past kind of interpersonal relationships at work. But I think that's a really, really important issue, a really important question. And I think it does kind of really get to the heart of this issue, which is actually that politics are so much to do with your relationship with your co-workers and your colleagues, and that those relationships are really hard to navigate because you want to feel you want to feel like you're part of a team, especially with the people that you're actually working on the same team with, but you are sometimes in competition with them or they are sometimes, you know, you, you, you don't fully know if you can trust them. And also something I've been thinking about is if I think about my friends or if I think about you, obviously you are my friend, um, I trust you across all areas of my life and so there are things that I'm happy and comfortable telling you about and I'm not kind of thinking oh I'll tell Tiffany about this thing this issue I this sort of isolated issue I have but I'm not going to tell her about this other one because you know for some kind of reason that I can't I can't tell her about that because of the possible implications and impact of it whereas I feel like in an office environment sometimes you you can't kind of trust your co-workers in that holistic way so you know you might tell your you might tell your teammate about a problem you're having with someone on another team but maybe you won't tell them about a problem you're having with your boss because you're not exactly sure what their relationship is with the boss and you you kind of it's that a, you don't know how to trust them. You don't know how to. You don't know who to trust. And then there's this other layer of kind of, uh, sort of a, a game of trust chess, where you'll turn to someone for one thing, but then you have to turn to someone else for something else, and it just feels really exhausting. Also, I really recognise that as I'm saying all of this, it sounds like I was just kind of like going through my career in a very deeply paranoid state. But um, I think just sort of unpicking these things, you realise that the complexity of the of that colleague relationship yeah I think it's it's interesting because obviously you not liking office politics is partly why you've probably chosen to not work in environments even that have it at all um despite what I've just trying to claim that we have it but um I think the dynamic the the kind of the colleague dynamic question is an interesting one because I think you foster this very close bond because you see each other every day but the reality is you're there for a purpose that's not your friendship and I don't want to tell people to approach with caution because that's that's a sad piece of advice but I think it is important to I guess remember that when it comes to trust and often I mean it's very rare that you stay in touch with that many colleagues in life as well is another thing to bear in mind but yeah, and I think also just maybe as a rule um, with regards to trust, I would be wary of saying something that would be harmful to you if it was repeated. I mean, this is also the thing, right? This is where I get quite existential and philosophical about the whole thing, where you sort of think about the complicated web of the office and of work and how you have to go around thinking really carefully about what you say to whom and you know who you can trust and 
how you're sort of you spend more time with your colleagues than you do your friends and your partner and yet you can't treat them like you can't you you know you have to be careful about bonding with them to that level and then you sometimes I just kind of I think about all of this why I, I, I used to spend a lot more time thinking about it when I was working in these environments and I just kind of think wow this is bonkers that we as humans have set up our working lives like this it's just do you know what I mean like it's just I, I wish everyone could see your face because you've got these like wide <laughs> crazy eyes and you look like you've like gone into this little world and there's like this web um but on that note should we talk about what people practically can do with regards to office politics this might be the one practical section that I might have more to say than you yeah I think I really need to hear your answers to this because um Gosh, I I do not know how to navigate office politics. All right, ready for my secret sauce, everybody. <laughs> Coming up. Moo make it easy to design and print amazing quality business cards that are totally unique to you or your business. Whether you're a design pro or complete beginner, they've got the right level of support to match your needs. To get 20% off your business cards, go to the moo.com website and use the code ISTHISWORKING when you place an order. That's ISTHISWORKING, all one word with no question mark. More details and T's and C's in the show notes. Tiffany, please, can you tell me how I can be better at office politics? Because it's really, clearly, really stressing me out. Right. Number one <laughs> is accept that it exists and don't refuse to play the game or engage with it. So reframe how you see office politics. Office politics isn't this wartime battle of a bunch of narcissists. Office politics is taking the time to understand the people around you to all collectively work together for a better outcome i re- i mean that i can very much get on board with and it's accepting that humans are emotionally driven rather than rational and so taking the time to understand what that emotional drive means for our work so that's my first tip there you go so you like office politics now well see but that okay but what about when it's toxic because that like that i can definitely get on board with and you know I think, um, you you know, you and I are both very into sort of learning more about um, like, you know, that people need to learn more about themselves so that they can understand how they relate to other people. And that if everyone did that, we'd all live in a much happier world that I'm super on board with. But what happens when when it's toxic? What happens when it gets toxic? So there are times where if, if the office politics is toxic, you're probably in a working culture and a company that's not going to change. And the reality is you probably have to peace out. And when it's causing you a huge amount of stress or there's people who aren't going anywhere. And I'm going to emphasize, I said this at the beginning, I have left companies as a result of the stress and the emotional turmoil of office politics going wrong. And I am one of the few people who loud and proud says I like office politics. So if you're working somewhere that is purely negative office politics and people being negative and toxic, then 
you have to go or I guess if you have a good manager seek management and take steps to improve it but there's not really much you can do to play a game that is so terribly broken yeah I mean I think that is the that is the cold heart reality of it and I think I think if I look back on my experience when places have been toxic um, my struggle has been being able to separate the fact that the environment is actually toxic and it's not me that's the problem um, and I think now you know with hindsight and having had more experience I'm able to learn how to step away from situations that don't serve me but the reality is also is really really hard especially when you're earlier in your career um, or when you've kind of really internalized those problems and you're sort of not able to distinguish between whether it's a problem with your environment or whether you know what you're contributing to it so I think that's um, I do I do think that is actually really good and helpful way to think about it. I think also say you have to stay in that toxic environment for a bit or say you have reframed office politics to be around people. I think that what the key thing to remember is, first of all, confidence around people engagement, but also almost be prepared to see being good at office politics as being good at listening and observing. And so when you arrive somewhere, say at a new company, work out where you sit, work out the lay of the land, take time to work a place out, take time to know who does what and who they are really be someone who's interested in everybody there and who they are and what they care about whether they're the office manager or the CFO or whatever it might be and almost kind of not keep quiet but you know your role is to listen and absorb and learn rather than to be a someone who emits stuff and actually I think that's a much more confidence-led powerful thing to do and I also think with regards to that is getting to know people is valuable it is worth the time and I think again it's that not rushing past people or being too head down and exploring other people's perspectives or motivations and if you don't know why someone's working there or what they care about then just ask (laughs) if any of you're new somewhere just go ask be like hey I want to know why you're here what you care about how can I work with you better like suddenly again if you start putting it phrasing it all like that it's just about being interested in people and appreciating that you're not you're not an individual somewhere you are part of this collective group the final couple of things I'll say about office politics is to act with integrity and don't make enemies so don't get caught out trying to destroy someone who's trying to destroy you you know act act with integrity don't make enemies and also act with wholeheartedly be a team player and be honest and I think if you're if you're listening rather and seeking to understand everybody and acting with integrity and honesty then in a good working environment office politics should serve you I mean I'm more than happy to come and work for Tiffany Philippou the Tiffany Philippou company if that is how the politics play out so consider me employee number one this episode was brought to you by Moo for 20% off quality business cards enter the code is this working at the moo.com website 
thank you once again to Moo. You are listening to Is This Working? with your hosts, Anna Codrerado and Tiffany Philippou. The show was produced by Chris Bannister. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode if you enjoyed it. It will help other people find it. And of course, we want to hear from you because this podcast is all about how we can improve all our working lives. Email us at isthisworkingshow at gmail.com and tweet us at isthis underscore working. Thanks for listening. Bye.